0: Welcome to the first episode of That's Agritastic, a show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your show host. Over the first month, we'll be saluting the FFA program. Joining me on our very first show is my great friend, Christy Meyer, communications manager. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Pete, I appreciate being here.
0: Now, if I recall the last time that we talked at the 2019 convention, I practically had to put a seatbelt on you because you had your rollerblades on at the convention. (laughs) So uh, I'm glad that I don't think that we're going to have to do that this time, different circumstances. So I think I have your undivided attention today and and no rollerblades on, right?
1: Absolutely. I am yours for the hour. Perfect.
0: Well, you've been involved in the FFA program, I know, for many, many years. And I've had this conversation with you before a couple of years ago, but... Seems to me somewhere between 16 and 20 years. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, this year actually marks my 19th year with the organization. Come April.
0: Well, that is fantastic. Now, that is really not the new norm when you think about, you know, how long people stay in jobs uh, on a typical basis right now. So, I have to ask you this: a couple questions. First is, what's your driver? What's what drives and fuels that passion for so many years? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I am a big believer that when you find a job that you're passionate about and that you really believe in, it doesn't feel like work. And that's really what the organization means for me. I am so passionate about watching these young people and the, the difference that our organization makes in their lives and to see where these young people are going to go. It's just been inspiring and it's never a dull moment. So I'm never bored and I really believe in the organization.
0: So fun, engaging, everyday, uh, different uh, experiences and the people and the stories. Now, I keep telling you this, you're going to have to write a book sometime, Christy, in your spare time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it'd be a couple novels, though.
0: (laughs) At least. I'm sure it would be a bestseller, too, for sure. So how did you ever get connected to begin with? What turned you on to the FFA going way back here now in the beginning?
1: Well, actually, it's a funny story. Um, So my background is journalism and political science. I studied at a small liberal arts college here in Indiana and was a newspaper reporter. Um, One of my friends who was a teacher in one of the local high schools was really good friends with the IT director at FFA and knew that there was an opening in the communications department. And he indicated that I should really investigate this organization and see what it was all about and maybe apply. So I did. I did a little bit of research. I was really intrigued by FFA. I I had no knowledge before that point of the organization. I interviewed for it and really fell in love with the team that I would be working for. And when I got the job, ironically enough, I shared that with my dad and he told me that he had been an FFA member, but this was information he'd never shared until I got the job. And he told me all about his experiences in FFA. And when I asked him why he'd never shared before, he said well I didn't think you would care and I didn't really know how it would relate. So fast forward to 19 years later and my dad and mom during national convention they actually come to Indianapolis and volunteer so dad still has that passion for FFA and it's just kind of grown with me too.
0: It's truly a family affair and really there like you say the rest is really history and you're going strong and folks if you could see Christy right now I assure you she wears FFA on both sleeves and her elbows as well and i've seen her in person we've had many interactions with it too and she's a great ambassador for the national ffa program well christy for those folks that are not familiar with the mission of the organization let's start with a little bit on on that
1: yeah so it boils down to premier leadership personal growth and career success which really are just words right so when we really talk about what the mission and vision is for the organization we're growing the next generation of leaders who are going to change the world and we're doing that through agriculture education these students are our future leaders and through agriculture education we're making that difference. So it's not just through their classroom instruction, but it's also through their community involvement, which I know later on in your podcast, you'll probably talk to some other individuals I work with about service. But our students are making a difference, not only through their studies, but by working with the community and doing hands-on learning. So that's really what our mission is, raising that next generation who are gonna make all the difference for us.
0: Leadership, personal development, as, and as you say, our future ag leaders across the country. And with over 200 different types of ag jobs out there, uh, and it's a great pipeline for that too. And we're gonna get into that a little bit more later on as well. What about the, the vision then, if you will?
1: So our vision is that we're going to grow those leaders who are changing the world. So what we're really looking at is that we're growing the future, right? We're growing the future for all. So we're creating a better future for all through our agriculture education classes. So through what we offer, we're hoping to increase not only our leadership, but also make that future better for everybody around us.
0: Your organization continues to have phenomenal growth. Uh, now the last number that I saw, you correct me if I'm wrong, here was over seven hundred and sixty hundred thousand members in every state?
1: Yeah, seven hundred and sixty thousand um, in every state in Puerto Rico.
0: Okay, sorry, Puerto Rico. <laughs> but yeah, that that is fantastic. Now, uh, how many local chapters is there over eight thousand local eighty seven hundred local chapters? Is that
1: correct? Correct. There's more than eighty seven hundred chapters.
0: What do you now, what do you attribute the long-term growth continually over years and years? I mean, your organization goes back how many years now in terms of the startup of it? Is it 90 uh, ni- 90
1: plus. So I believe 93, 94 years. Yeah.
0: So that's not a track record that a lot of organizations can really say happens. So what do you attribute that continual growth to?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Pete. We haven't always had that continual growth. In the 80s, we had a decline in growth, and then it increased again starting in the 90s, and it's just been a steady increase. And we really believe that one of the reasons that we're increasing membership is the fact that there are so many opportunities in agriculture. You know, with the more than 250 careers, students are learning that there's a lot that they can do with agriculture. I was talking to somebody yesterday and we talked about really, do you need all the other classes as long as you have agriculture education, because it's got your science, your math, and your STEM, and you're pretty much covered So I think our students are not only finding that there's a lot of career opportunities in agriculture, but I think there is definitely an interest in where our food comes from and how agriculture plays a role in our lives. And we're seeing that a lot in the fact that we're not just in rural, we're in urban and suburban. And a lot of the urban and suburban schools are looking more into some of those urban gardens or biotechnology or aquaculture. So they're really expanding out and discovering that agriculture is an everything around us, right? From the clothes you and I are wearing, to the food we wear, to the fuel we put in the car. Agriculture is an everyday product.
0: It's not just on your typical rural farm setting is what you're saying. Exactly. Now, 2020, this past year has been like any year that I think that we have ever experienced in our lifetimes in terms of the challenges and things going on. I can't imagine with your organization and the scope of it some of those types of things that you've had to deal with at all levels to continue to carry out your mission with what you're doing. So tell us, first of all, a little bit about what sort of modifications that you have to make at the uh, national level.
1: Yeah, so at the national level in March of 2020, um, the decision was made to close our in-person offices and send all of our colleagues home to work remotely. So we've all been working remotely since March 12th of 2020. Um, We took the national officers off the road and they did a lot of virtual events. Um, And then we had all of our customer service also working from home. And what we did is along with working remotely, we still stayed in touch through Teams and Zoom, everything that most people are doing working remotely, but we had to also make that decision of what we were going to do about some of our events, whether we were gonna cancel some of our events or make them virtual. So the biggest event that most people associate us with is our national convention. So that typically brings um, 70,000 people to the city of Indianapolis. So this year we made that decision in 2020 to make it virtual. So we held it virtual in October. So it was a little different planning a big event online as opposed to in person, and everything's been a little different online, but I think we've been making strides, and I think we've seen that not only on our national level, but our state level and local level and really how resilient all of our stakeholders are.
0: Back up here a little bit more on the national convention. I noticed that you were able to carry out most of those functions that you typically have at the live national convention. Of course, a whole other format, but you also added some other things that were very interesting to me. I noticed uh, you had connections rooms. Tell us on that. Tell us on that.
1: Yeah, so one of the great things about our national convention is when we have it in person, um, our students are able to connect with others from around the country and then take ideas and um, thoughts that other members have and apply it in their own community. So we didn't want them to lose that connection of really um, networking with other members. So we created what we called a connection room. And so when our members registered, they were able to select a connection room. And then during that time slot, they were able to log on and have dialogue with others in those connection rooms. So they were still able to make those connections with FFA members from out of state, It wasn't our normal in-person face-to-face, but they still were able to talk and chat with them. So we were still able to connect and have networking.
0: And that is a huge, huge part of the whole experience of the convention for sure. You had some of the other traditional areas like the, the blue room with the special keynote speakers going on. What about the interface with all the exhibitors? How did that play out?
1: Yeah. So that was a little different too. Um, Our exhibitors usually are in the big area called the expo. And there's usually over 400 booths where students go and talk to those exhibitors and usually get, you know, their free swag. Um, But this year was different because it was online, but we had designated times for them to talk to our exhibitors. So they were able to talk to their exhibitors about what their company offered, what type of career their companies had. So they could really kind of delve into what opportunities are in that business of agriculture so they could see what they might want to pursue. So it worked really well. I do think that as many would say, um, 2020 has taught us that there's still something unique about being in person. And I think we're all looking forward to that day when we can see each other in person, but it definitely worked online as well.
0: That's great to hear with that for sure. Tell us a little about the communication, the interface then at the the local chapter levels? How did that play and at the state levels as well?
1: Yeah, so all local and states are a little different, right? Every state has their different rules and the local have their different rules. So we had some students or some chapters who indicated they were still able to meet in person. Um, others were online and many of our state conventions went online. So many of our states um, kind of were a prototype for us is we saw them take their conventions online in their competitions. Um, what we really saw from our local chapters is figuring out a way how they could still be involved in their community and share that message of agriculture. So what we saw was our students really taking that living to serve portion of our motto to heart and figuring out how to give back to their community. We had chapters that We're working with local producers, um, meat producers, milk producers, and then taking those products and donating them to food pantries. We saw other chapters doing their normal flower sales and making sure they were socially distanced. So they would do it online and then they would have like designated pickup time. So people could still come get their flowers and still be able to plant in the spring. We had other chapters who, since it was an election year asked how they could volunteer at their local voting precincts, you know, whether it just be with helping with, um, that process or handing out literature. We had others who found different ways to get involved, um, whether it was creating PPE. We had some who discovered that they could make face masks with their 3D printers, and so they did that. So what we saw was our students taking all of those leadership skills that they've learned through FFA and applying them to real life and helping their communities.
0: Well, there, there was endless opportunities there and creativity really came through on those local chapters for what they it were really doing. Did.
1: It really did. They're very, and when you hear these stories, it's so inspiring because so often we just hear the negative in the news, but being able to share the stories of what our youth are doing today and what a difference they're making, it I think it makes a difference in everybody's life and it makes you smile, right? Which right now during this trying time, I think we all need a smile or two.
0: Absolutely. I just want to backtrack here for a minute back on the convention. One of the other highlights is, of course, the special accolades that the chapters and the members receive. So you have the Gold Star chapters, which is the highest designation for the individual chapters. And then you've got all of the individual proficiency awards and the American degrees. Just a little on how did this year in terms of the numbers compare to last year with that?
1: So our numbers were pretty, pretty much the same, they didn't fluctuate too much. Um, It was a little different this year in the process. Um, For normally, our judging would occur during convention, those chapters or individuals would go through the judging process during that week of convention. But this year, we did it over the summer, and it was virtual. Um, So it was really really touching is we saw those awards being given during the three days that we did convention and those finalists were put up on a screen because they were all virtual and then they were announced and then you could see their reaction um the difference is you couldn't just see their reaction you saw their supporters reaction so whether it was family or ag advisors you saw them all on the screen so i don't know if it was just because of the year we went through in 2020 but i found this convention to be a lot more emotional Um, As we saw those individuals receiving the awards and those individuals also were really creative of how they were involved in their zoom call like national chapters you know there's always a social distancing of how close members could be. So we had um, chapter members who still wanted the convention feel so we had one chapter who rented out a drive in theater so they could watch convention on the big screen. We had one chapter who rented out the local VFW so they could still have the feeling of all being together. So you just saw a lot of resilience, not only in how we did the process of judging, but also of how the chapters had their own personal convention.
0: Sounds like added inclusivity then with how those methods that were being carried out. I love the drive-in idea. That is fantastic with that. Well, let's take a moment right now and know we are so grateful to have great partners that make our show possible and we'd like to salute our very first partners for the show that includes culver's restaurant of marysville ohio liberty national bank of marysville and utzi's farm market of plain city ohio you'll find great products and services at all of our show partners well now let's continue our conversation with christy who is the communications manager at the national ffa program christy you have so many great partners in your program, and I have never ceased to be amazed at the outpouring of continual support year after year that you receive from the business community and other ag organizations that really pull together to drive all of the program and creativity that you're out there doing year-round uh, throughout the country. And we could easily do, and we've done shows on this. We could easily take an hour, two hours, and just talk about all of those innovations and things that are being carried out by these organizations. But I'd like to highlight a few uh, to give people an idea of that scope, if you would. So first one that comes to my mind is John Deere, who has been involved, it looks like, for over 77 years. Yes. So John Deere, uh, I see just recently announced they're going to provide another million dollars in 21. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so we're extremely excited about our partnership with John Deere. And like you said, they've been a value partner for more than 77 years. And, you know, it's really telling in these trying times. 2020, I think, was questionable for a lot of people of what was going to happen. Right. And so to have sponsors who believe in our mission to still contribute to us, it means a lot. Um, so for John Deere, they're helping us develop our future leaders by really giving to that leadership programs, right? And those leadership funds. And in addition, come this February, we will have National FFA Week, which is an opportunity for us to really share the message of FFA and agriculture education with everyone. But one of those days during FFA Week is called Give FFA Day, where we encourage individuals to contribute to FFA into our mission. Well, John Deere has been gracious enough that on that day, on Give FFA Day, they are going to match up to $25,000 that will be given. So we're pretty excited about that. And not only do they give back monetarily, but they also have an FFA alumni chapter um, with John Deere employees. And so their employees give back through mentoring, volunteering. So it's kind of across the board. Our sponsors do more than just contribute monetarily. They also give back personally as well.
0: Excellent. And CHS Foundation's supporting for over 40 years?
1: Yeah, we're pretty excited about that too. They announced in December that they're going to give an additional $4 million over three years and focus on ag education. Our proficiency's proficiencies that we talked about as well as SAEs, which are our supervised agriculture experiences, which is that opportunity for our students to really get a hands-on project, right? So they're able to to work in the community, um, learn those important skills such as bookkeeping and really apply that. So we're really excited about CHS's donation and really their dedication to agriculture education because without our FFA advisors, They do so much for our organization and for our FFA members.
0: Couldn't happen without them. And those supervised ag experiences can't put a price tag on that hands-on activity. It really gives that perspective of, is this something that I'd really like to pursue as a career? So again, that support is phenomenal. Uh, Again, you major supporters across the board here. The Coba Bank, you have Culver's with the Ag SA Contest providing support, allowing, and we hope to, we've interviewed some of those uh, winners in the past, and we're looking forward to talking to them again to share uh, what ag means to them too. So again, great support hats off to all of those supporters and organizations. As we look to 2021 and we look ahead, uh, you just finished, I noticed a strategic planning cycle that lasted from 2016 to 2020, and now you're moving into a brand new uh, cycle. What are a couple of the top priorities in this cycle?
1: So when we look at our priorities in the upcoming years, we really have three buckets. One is leadership, which we've talked about, which is the foundation of our organization. And that's something that we will always focus on, right? Because we know we are growing those next generation of leaders. The other area is inclusion, diversity, diversity and equity, because we want all of our members to feel that they have a home in FFA. We want them not only to feel that they have a home, but they can be them, their authentic selves. We want them to feel comfortable in our organization. And then the other area is really sustainability because we really have to remember that agriculture plays such a key role in our lives. And we have to make sure that we protect everything and continue to have that land for our agriculture.
0: What are you really looking forward to the most in the year ahead? With the, <laughs> con- the convention or just going back to quote, the new norm or what is it in your work?
1: <laughs> I was like, that's a broad question, Pete. Um, I think I am looking forward to hopefully seeing my colleagues in person again, and hopefully seeing some of the students in person again, too. Um, that is the one thing about working for an organization that is student-led. Seeing those students really fills your bucket, and it helps your passion. So every year at convention, I would always feel like I got refueled by seeing that excitement and that enthusiasm. I was a little worried um, last October how that would be by being all online, but it it still worked pretty well, you know, seeing that excitement. Um, I'm really fortunate. I got to see our new national officer team um, last week. We did a photo shoot and just seeing the excitement of this new leadership team of these six officers and how excited they are about what the year ahead holds is very contagious. So I'm looking forward to seeing what new things our students are going to do. I think they're going to do amazing things in 2021. And I'm not going to lie, I'm really looking forward to and keeping my fingers crossed to having an in-person convention in October.
0: Amen to that. Absolutely. Well, FFA continues to provide opportunities year round at the local level. I mean, you've got involvement in the junior fairs. You've got the supervised ag experiences going on, the local business meetings, the leadership activities. It's all going on on these different platforms, too, and lots of opportunities for for individuals to get involved at the local level? What would you encourage people to do if they were interested in getting involved at that level?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a student who's interested in agriculture education, really talk to your local high school, see if they have ag ag classes and an FFA chapter that they can get involved in. And if you yourself want to get involved, talk to your local FFA chapters, see how you can volunteer, how you can provide back. Um, We also have a site called the Forever Blue Network that I would encourage adults to go on and look to find out what opportunities you have around you to volunteer and to give back to FFA. I want to encourage everyone to know that they can be an FFA alumni member, no matter if you are an FFA or not. Um, And then, you know, just follow us on social, check out our Twitter account, our Facebook, our Instagram. You'd be surprised at all the great things you can see that our students are doing, but really talk to your local chapters and your state to see how you can help FFA, because I guarantee you, all of our students are looking for mentors and your listeners might not realize it, but they're going to be great examples for our students. There you go. Put out
0: the handle, if you will, the address for the website.
1: So, our website is ffa.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at National FFA and Facebook, just search for National FFA organization and same on Instagram.
0: A closing comment, if you will, Christy, on really what FFA, you've kind of alluded to this already, but expand a little bit more on really the opportunities that FFA affords to the participants.
1: So our organization gives students the opportunities to be those future leaders. We are growing the future of we're growing future leaders and we're growing the future of agriculture. So through FFA, our students are able to not only discover what the career of agriculture looks like, but also what leadership looks like and what community service looks like. Our students are going to be those next community leaders and they're the ones who are going to make a difference.
0: Christy, can't thank you enough for helping us really kick this show into high gear and sharing all those special reflections on the National FFA organization. Hey, kudos to you for your outstanding leadership, to your staff, the board, uh, all the volunteers, the local advisors that make FFA such a dynamic program year-round, 365 days. And to the ag, uh, and here we are cultivating our future ag leaders a great organization to get involved with. So if you're not involved in FFA, you want to check out those sites that Christy put out there. Hey, Christy, look forward to talking to you again later during the year and keeping uh, abreast of what's going on in the FFA. Thank you so much again for your time and your talent.
1: Thank you so much, Pete. I appreciate you always letting us tell our FFA story.
0: Hey, we'd also like to thank, again, all of our show partners, Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, Ohio, Liberty National Bank of Marysville, and Uchi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. Your patronage and support of all of our show partners is greatly appreciated. Well, follow us on the That's Agritastic Facebook page and join us again in two weeks for our next show as we continue to spotlight FFA on this platform. Until then, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an Agritastic week.